At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Las Vegas for Gus Gussies with myself, Greg Eats Peters, and now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts today a little bit shorter because we are noticing a couple fewer transfer moves this week, mainly because a lot of schools are waiting on these NBA draft decisions. They are going to be oh so paramount, but with that said, we've been taking a look at a lot of these different conferences, taking a look at some of their big NBA draft decisions, trying to get on some experts from those corresponding parts of the country. And today, we take a look at the biggies. John Fanta, one of the best in the business, he's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about the fact that with St. John's bringing in Slick Rick Patino and Kim English going over to Providence, they are bringing a lot of their guys over from Iona and George Mason, respectively, to try to help out that roster. We'll get his thoughts on that. And just a trend that we are seeing with a lot of coaches bringing over their own players to their new stop in general in college basketball. We're going to be taking a look at the big moves that have happened in the Big East this offseason. How Creighton is playing out with regards to their roster as they've got a lot of players with decisions on their ends. We're no doubt going to be taking a look at some of the other big decisions like whether Oliver Maximine Prosper is going to be heading back to Marquette or not as well. So we're going to be going all Big East in segment number two with our good friend John Fanta. So that is going to be on tap. And he's just going to give a little bit of a lay of the land in college basketball as well. There's a few Big Ten teams that he looks at as having a less than savory offseason, and I can't say that I disagree. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnn underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters DM. Name does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we did see quite a few moves in college basketball over the last 24 hours as we saw a pair of NBA draft decisions, a pair of guys going back to school. Traymond Mark, he was at Houston last year, already transferred to Arkansas. You know, figured he was going to be coming back to school, but he made it official on Tuesday last year. Shot about 34% from three-point range, 10 points. 
about five boards a seal per game. He's going to be rock solid for Arkansas. I don't think that he's going to be able to quite go the way of Ricky Council from last season, but I do think that's a solid move for Arkansas. And I do think that this is a non-news news story. Amichi Johnson, he tested the NBA draft waters, and he has decided to come back to school. Average 12.5 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists for a South Carolina team that was dreadful, to say the least. I did feel like he needed a little bit more seasoning. This is not necessarily the biggest shocker in the world, but he decided that he was going to be pulling out the NBA draft, and he is going to be heading back to South Carolina. Now let's take a look at a few transfer moves that we did see on Tuesday as we saw one guy decide that he is going to be going up to the D1 level, and he's coming over by way of St. Anselm, and that would be Owen McGlashlin. He is going to be heading on over to Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State had great success going this route last year because Quagra a former D2 All-American. He came in and he did an amazing job with Sam Houston State. As we know, a little bit of a regime change during the offseason, but they hired from within and they're keeping a lot of those same core principles with O McGlashlin. Last season, he averaged 12.5 points while at St. Anselm, seven boards, shot from three point range, about 40.5% from three, and shot in his first year at St. Anselm, more like 39% from three point range. He's a six foot seven, little bit of a do it all player from the NE10, which is one of the better. D2 programs in all of college basketball. And I believe that he spent a little bit of time at Denver as well, if I'm not mistaken. So this is just a very good get for them. And I do think that moving forward, Sam Houston State going to continue to be a force out there in the WAC if they continue to be taking a look at places like the D2 level to be able to have some production. We did see a few guys decide to go down to the non-D1 level as well. This is a notable name, not a guy that really did anything at the college level, but you're going to recognize the last name. Walker Timmy. Yeah, that is the brother of Drew Timmy. He decided to step away from the McNeese State program last season just to deal with some mental health issues. Things of that nature did not play for them last season. He decided that he's going to College of Southern Idaho. Very easy for a handicap. You just need to know that Walker Timmy, he's not going to be suiting it up this year. You wish him absolutely nothing but the best, but in terms of what we are focused on, he becomes a non-factor unless if he decides to um, be able to go from Southern Idaho and into a D1 program next season. So that's something that we could put on the the back burner. Davion Coleman, he was playing at Texas State last season. Average right around four points per contest for a little bit more of a defense-oriented team. He's heading on over to non-D1 St. Mary's of Texas, a relatively good non-D1 school, but still a non-D1 school. And then we saw Amari Tice. He was playing last season for Wofford. He has decided that he is going to be going to Quinnipiac, a Quinnipiac team that has had a little bit of a rough offseason. So I did feel like they needed to get someone in. They're really looking to ascend in a Metro Atlantic that it's going to be looking different with all the losses that we did see with Iona this offseason. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of opportunity there for Tice. He's a six foot seven gentleman that actually was from the state of Connecticut. So he is heading back a little bit closer to home. Average about 3.6 points, 3.9 boards, and was a part-time starter for Wofford last year. Saw 11 starts in total for them. Only shot about 26% from three-point range, but being able to provide a nice six-foot-seven frame, I think is going to be very big for a Quinnipiac team that was one of the better mid-major defenses in all of college basketball last season. I do think that that's going to be a little bit more of a calling card for them moving forward, especially with the pieces that they have lost here in the offseason. And for Quinnipiac, I do think that they're probably going to need to make another move or two as they also did bring in Richie Springs. He was playing for UConn, six foot nine gentleman that should be able to clog things up for them down low, but 
backcourt, little bit bit bereft of talent with guys like Desi Jones and company being out of the fold. So that is something to take note of. And this is going to be a nice gift for Sam Ianford. I really like what they've been able to put together this offseason as Zach Loveday. He was a bit of a walk-on for Baylor. Only played about three to four minutes per game for them. But in his small sample size while he was at Baylor, was able to shoot about 37.5% from three-point range. He's a true seven-footer. He's heading on over to Sanford. And, I mean, if Sanford is able to work with the kid, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of something there. Even these walk-ons that are at Power 6 programs, a lot of these guys do get offers from more of your mid-major schools. And for Sanford, you take a look at the haul that they've been able to get here in the offseason. And I'm very impressed by them because now you've got a seven-footer that's able to pop some threes. So you've got a little bit of a project. And if the project pans out, it's going to be very beneficial for them. But on top of that, they did a great job bringing in Ryland Jones, a little bit of a pass-first guy that's able to shoot threes. Dallas Grazani, he was at Nova Southeastern, the team that won the D2 title last season, Garrett Hicks. He was a bucket getter over at Alabama A&M as well. So I do like what they are doing. So I do think that you've got a good upward trajectory with them. And then we did see Jesse Zarzula. He was at Central Michigan last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to Oregon. I honestly really don't know what Oregon has been doing in the transfer portal. I mean, for Zarzula, he was able to put up some nice numbers last year. I don't know if his game translates at all to the Pac-12, though, as I mean, before Zarzula went out with an injury, he was able to put up 16 points. He chipped in there about a steal per contest from three-point range, shot about 35.5% from three-point range, but now he has to go from playing in the MEAC like he did two seasons ago at Compensate, the MAC last year at Central Michigan, and now he has to try to contribute for Oregon, who does bring in Devon Cambridge along with Kerry Oquendo as well, but Oquendo, he's really nothing more than a guy that pops threes and really doesn't pop them very well with Cambridge. An okay facilitator of the ball, and for Oregon, I do believe that Enfali Dante is going to be back in full, but for Oregon, feels like they've lost their identity, and this team used to be masters of the transfer portal. I just don't think that they are anymore. So some interesting moves from college basketball on Tuesday. Not too many of impact to the Big East, but the Big East, it is going to be impacted here in the next few days as there's a lot of NBA draft decisions that are looming for these teams, and it's been an interesting conference to gauge in the offseason as well. As we know, the champ is out there in the Big East, so we're going to be joined next by John Fanta, a champ of our own. He is one of the best voices in all of college basketball. We're going to ask, what is next for UConn in their title defense? We're going to be asking about these guys with big NBA draft decisions, what we've seen with these teams that made coaching moves, and so much more. Next, right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Gage Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Guess Against Hoops with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now a part of the Visa Family of Podcasts. It is great to be joined by this man as he is one of the best voices in all of college basketball. Mr. Big East himself, John Fanta, does an absolutely incredible job taking a look at this great game that we all know and love. Does a great job with the Big East shooter on when that's in season as well, and also makes some nice contributions over at the field of 68 as well. To be able to follow John Fanta on Twitter, Easy enough. At his name, John underscore Fanta, and there's a H in John, so J-O-H-N for John Fanta, and it's always great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Great to be with you, Hoops. Always fun talking basketball with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me, John, and John, it has been a wild offseason of the Big East. As we know, there's been a few coaching changes over there at Georgetown, St. John's, along with Providence, so there's been some moving and some shaking there. There's been some big transfer portal pickups as well. But just in terms of what you've seen from the Big East teams in the offseason, what has really been the big storyline for you? Because I think that there's many to choose from. Yeah, there's a number of storylines to choose from. And I think we start with St. John's and Rick Patino and what they've been able to build in Queens. Rick Patino took over this job. And let's face it, Hoops, get a lot of guys depart right away. Posh Alexander, Dylan Adewusu, Sia, AJ Store ends up in Wisconsin. And there came a time where a lot of people were like, all right, is Rick Pitino going to be able to build a Big East roster? Well, he's got Joel Soriano, who was one of the nation's leaders in double-doubles last year with 24. But I look at Jordan Dingle, reigning Ivy League Player of the Year, averaged over 23 points per game, high-level scorer hoops, six foot three, just as a bucket, an absolute bucket getter. You pair him up with, how about R.J. Louise, 
the six foot six wing from UMass who can score the basketball. Glenn Taylor, six foot six from Oregon State. Clint Slazinski from Iona. Cruz Davis, the point guard from Iona. Naheem Aline, national champion from UConn. Dennis Jenkins, the combo guard from the Gales as well. Zuby Aljafor from Kansas to help out Soriano inside. My point is, he's really loaded up. He got Brady Dunlap, a solid recruit. He's done a nice job with a lot of players. They had to bring in a whole new roster for the most part. Soriano being the one guy that you look at and say, okay, he's certainly someone they can build around. And I think Patino's done a good enough job for St. John's to be around top 35 team this year. Maybe we'll see them ranked. Here's what you know. Patino's always going to have his team compete as hard as, as you can imagine. And I think he's got enough here to have a good enough team in the Big East. And I think when the offseason started, there was a lot of uncertainty. I think as it closes, Patino's got recruiting momentum. And it appears that he's going to have a star guard in Dingle and a stud in the front court in Soriano. Yep, and as we know with Slick Rick Patino, he has brought a lot of guys with him from Iona. And we really saw that with Providence as well because Kim English, he takes over that job. He was coaching at George Mason last season. What do you make out of not just the two Big East teams that are really bringing with them a lot of their guys because Ed Cooley really didn't bring a ton with them. One, he went over from Providence just because that was a little bit of a different can of worms. But what do you make out of, for one, the two guys in Rick Pitino along Kim English bringing a lot of guys from their previous stop? And two, just what we've been seeing in college basketball in general because you're able to go back to guys like Dennis Gates last season, Matt McMahon over at LSU. list goes on and on. Corey Gibson this year with Austin P bringing a lot of guys from their previous stops with them to their new school because I do think that this is a good way for these new coaches to have chemistry on their team right away. Yeah, it just shows you the current climate in college basketball, which is all about comfort level. And it's not necessarily comfort level with what the school's brand is. It's comfort level with the coach. And then for certain cases, hoops, what they're doing in their pockets from an NIL standpoint. Let's look at it from Providence's angle. For me, the Friars have done a very nice job of assembling their roster. It starts with keeping players. The fact that they could keep Bryce Hopkins – Greg, I think he could be a Big East Player of the Year candidate. Absolutely. This upcoming season. He stretches the floor. He can attack the rim. Then you package him together with a Devin Carter, a Corey Floyd as well, Jaden Pierre. They've got guards back. And then you look at who they brought in from George Mason. Josh Oduro is ready to come in and be a starter for Providence, in my opinion. I think Kim English expects him to be that. He averaged 16 and 8 in the Atlantic 10 last year. Did Oduro, 6'9, 235. I really like the fact that he was able to bring him in, but he didn't stop there. He got Devontae Gaines, 6'7, versatile, some good size for the wing position, and should be able to add some depth. We'll see if he can improve on his scoring totals from around seven points per game and be a double figures guy. And then, you know, you talk about Justin Fernandez, is another guy that, that I zone in on, a, a guard who they think could could blossom here in his sophomore season. To me, uh, you got to be able to get some guys who understand the kind of system you're coaching. And that's what Kim English did. Honestly, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty with Providence because everything happened so quickly with the Ed Cooley thing. But you got to give Steve Napolillo, their AD, a lot of credit because he moved quickly. He knew who he wanted to be his head coach. And Kim English got right to work and has kept that Providence energy that we've become accustomed to He's kept that going here as he enters his debut season. And the Friars could be an NCAA tournament caliber team. They're, they're certainly in the mix. 
And I think that they're a team that could finish in the top six of the Big East. And I think that you hit on a big key. The fact that there are some returning players with Providence as well. It's not completely a new roster. No doubt about it. They had to bring in quite a few new pieces. But being able to bring back some of those main cogs from last season I think is so important. As John Fanta does amazing work over at Fox Sports along with the Field of 68 and the Big East Network. is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. I think that that's something that gets lost upon a lot of people in the offseason because we always love to take a look at these flashy moves in the transfer portal, and no doubt about it. Something like 100 Dickinson going over to Kansas, is, it is worth talking about. It's a big flipping deal when you're able to get something like 100 Dickinson if you're Kansas. But at the same time, I take a look at a school like Creighton. They make like one or two shrewd moves during the offseason. Last year it was bringing in Baylor Shireman. This year it's bringing in Steve Ashworth to replace Ryan Nemar now. What Arthur Kaluma does in terms of the NBA draft, that is something that I think is of intrigue as well. But a team like that that doesn't lose a lot in the transfer portal I think is big. Marquette really is not at the transfer portal at all, aside from yeah. bringing in Tyler Kulik the last few seasons. They've done a tremendous job of being able to build from within. And I remember both of us had our questions about Marquette not bringing in a lot in the transfer portal. Goes to show that Jacob Smart knew what the heck he was doing and. I do think that that's something that gets lost because while we talk about these sizzle moves in the offseason, the stake sometimes is just being able to build from within and not losing guys. Yes, it's very important. In the current landscape, there's a lot of teams that end up winning the offseason who end up getting the credit for landing that splash, making that splash addition. Greg, the programs that are going unnoticed are the programs right now, like in the last month, the programs like a Michigan State, like a Marquette, they've got continuity. And that's why they won't go unnoticed next season. We won't, we're won't. we not talking about those programs as much because they're retaining players, which is still the name of the game in college basketball. It still matters. Is there room for the Eric Musselman, who is loaded up in the transfer portal again? Absolutely. I think Must Bus is as good of a roster constructor as there is in college basketball. He brought in Bay Fall. He brought in... Leighton Blocker, but he also has gone out and gotten L. Ellis, Jeremiah Davenport, Caleb Battle, Tremont Mark from Houston, who I love, Keon Menefield. Obviously, there's room for both, but you know, you just brought it up with Marquette. They won the Big East regular season and tournament championship. They won 29 games. Have we talked about them in the last month? No. Why? Because they just quietly go about their business. We talked about them being a potential sleeper last year. It has panned out. This team is no longer a sleeper. I'm curious to see how they handle that role. But here's what I know. Tyler Kolick last year had 270 assists to just 90 turnovers. Cam Jones is a bucket. If Olivier Maxence Prosper comes back after testing the draft waters, look out, Hoops Peterson. Marquette has a legit shot of making the Final Four. Absolutely. And I do think that that is very key, though, because there are a few biggie schools that They've got big-time NBA draft decisions that are going to be coming up in the next week, and if they don't necessarily go the way of these Big East schools, you have to wonder how the roster construction is going to work. You bring up Maxson's Prosper over at Marquette. I think that that's a very big cog for them. It's not an end-all, be-all, but having him back I think would be absolutely massive for Marquette. Not having him back, the buzz becomes a little bit more from being perhaps a Final Four team to being more like a Sweet 16 team 
in my opinion. And then Arthur Kaluma, I do think is the biggest one out there in the Big East. I'm sure there are a few others that you have on your radar, but I really think that those are two big moves involving Big East guys that are worth watching the next week because I do think that if they go back to Marquette and Creighton, it's just going to be so massive for their expectations moving forward. Well, here's the thing. With Creighton, I'm really looking at Ryan Kalkbrenner and Trey Alexander while they come back. If you remember, Kaluma will transfer if he does come back to the college ranks. Arthur Kaluma plans to transfer. He won't be back at Creighton regardless. That's a big loss for Creighton. I think Creighton's more of like a top-20 team than they are a top-10 team. If they get Kalkbrenner and Alexander back, maybe we're talking top-15. But we'll see. They've got some questions to answer, that's for sure. Yeah, with Creighton, I do think that that is going to be a big question mark because we were expecting them to really have back their starting five from a team that, I mean, they were that one call against San Diego State away from perhaps being able to make the Final Four. So that is very intriguing to take a look at as we do have John Fante. He does an amazing job over at Fox Sports. He is joining me right here on Cusco Soups, part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And, John, it has been a really interesting offseason with so many of these teams in the Big East, but a team that has been very active in the transfer portal in past off seasons, that would be the team that won the national title in UConn. UConn has been a little bit more silent this offseason. They do have a few losses that they're going to need to swallow, but at the same time, I thought what was big for them is the fact that it does look like they're going to have a lot of those main cogs back from last season, like Donovan Klingon Company. What can we expect from UConn in their title defense this season? Because I do think that this is a team that Maybe they won't be the number one team coming into the season, but I think the expectation should be for them to once again be absolutely mauling on defense. I think that in terms of the coaching for this team, that Dan Hurley really turned a corner last year because I know that there are a lot of people that I felt like they were maybe a little bit too harsh on Dan Hurley because they were saying he couldn't get it done in March and everything like that. And much like players turn a corner, I feel like coaches do. I feel like Mr. Hurley, he did that and then some last year. Yeah, he did. He, he really came into his own. He really matured at the job. I thought his calm presence was actually revealing in the NCAA tournament because that's not what Hurley's been known for. But I thought that's who he was in the big dance. He understood what his team needed to do to win. They understood it, and they meshed. There was no confrontation. There was no drama. They steamrolled everybody. The key for UConn is finding out Tristan Newton's status. Connecticut needs Tristan Newton back at point guard. I really believe that. Stephon Castle's a five-star recruit. He should start right away at the two. Andre Jackson's obviously another key one that we're watching for here. I think Jackson should stay in the NBA draft. We'll see if he does. Solomon Ball's a four-star guard that can, look, fill some holes on the wing and, and can serve a purpose. That front court is as good as any front court in the country. Alex Caravan and Donovan Klingon, big-time front court. Klingon, to me, could be Zach Eady light this upcoming year. I know that's a bold statement, but I believe it. And Caravan really fits into his role as a stretch four. UConn's depth is a bit of a question mark. It's not like they loaded up in the transfer portal, but you know what? They've got an outstanding freshman class coming in. And if Newton's back to run the point, Caravan and Klingon there too. I don't think Andre Jackson comes back. If he does, UConn can repeat for the national title. If he doesn't, they're going to rely on some freshmen to get things done. That's not to say that those freshmen can't get them done, but we always know there's a high level of variance when you're relying on freshmen. We'll see if that is able to come to fruition. But I know one thing, Klingon is going to be a beast. There's a reason why his nickname has become Kling Kong. Oh, that guy was absolutely amazing last season. It was so much fun to watch him 
come into his own and with UConn in general. I do have high expectations for them. And, John, we have been talking a lot about the Big East here on this podcast, and no doubt about it, there have been some big moves. But just taking a look at the entirety of the offseason, have there been a few teams outside of the Big East that you've really taken note of, whether it be some of the positive moves that they've been able to make, the way that they've been able to just be able to flip the roster, or has there been maybe a team that you take a look at them and you think there might be a little bit of a fall-off for this upcoming season that we're not talking enough about? Well, I think on one side, Miami appears to be a team that could be in the top 10 again, and I don't think they get talked about nationally, but they brought in Matthew Cleveland. They're going to have Norchad O'Meara back, Wuga Poplar, Nigel Pack. Like, that team's got talent and firepower. Jim is not slowing down at all. The fact that Florida Atlantic hasn't lost any of their pieces from a Final Four team, that's amazing in today's current climate. Credit to Dusty May. Most fascinating to me is going to be USC. How do Isaiah Collier, the number one ranked recruit in this freshman class, Bronny James, fifth-year guard Boogie Ellis, how do they all work together? Throw in DJ Robin, the son of Dennis. That's going to be quite an intriguing combination. Another team, I want to see if Gonzaga can keep rolling, Greg. Ryan Nemhard was a great pickup. He'll be the centerpiece at point guard. Uh, what's the status of Anton Watson? And then, look, they need Graham E.K. to play a big-time role. Obviously, a, a Mountain West preseason player of the year last year gets hurt. What's in store for him here as he transfers over? Then I, I don't think Xavier slows down at all. I like the fact they brought in Davion McKnight, Quincy Olivari. I still think they're going to be pretty good. You asked me for teams that I think could take a step back. Here's the thing. If Terrence Shannon's back, Illinois should be decent. But hoops, I'm not sure how good the Illini will be. I mean, they're going to rely on Sensire Harris. They're going to rely on Luke Goody. Like, that team, they don't have a ton of firepower in their backcourt. They better have Shannon back. I think he'll probably come back, but I don't know. I don't know. That... That's right on the fence. A team that I think is taking a big step back is Rutgers. Rutgers, to me, I don't think they've got enough. I really don't. I'm not sure about what they're going to have next year. They lost Caleb McConnell. They need Cliff Amore back. If they don't have him back, it's going to be tough. And Paul Mulcahy is obviously important as well. So those are a couple of teams that I look at. And then Michigan, to me, I think Michigan is in for a down year. I, I, I really do. I just don't know what Juwan Howard can do when you look at, at that roster. Yep, we were talking about this a little bit on the podcast yesterday with another good friend of ours from the field of 68 and Carter Elliott and been a little bit of sadness for the Big Ten this offseason, especially with Cam Spencer now entering into the transfer portal as well over at Rutgers, the Caleb Love situation, a little bit less than savory for them. But what is always savory for us is getting great guests on the podcast and John you always fit the bill. You do an amazing job over at the Big East Network. You do a great job over at Fox Sports, the Field of 68. You're able to go down the list. You check all the boxes, my friend. You eat, sleep, and breathe college basketball, and you're a wealth of knowledge. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, you can follow me at John, J-O-H-N underscore Fanta. Follow me on foxsports.com foxsports.com. I'll have some content there, both on college hoops and the NBA playoffs, the field of 68 as well, and Big E shoot around on the Big E YouTube pages and platforms, but uh, a lot of stuff on foxsports.com. Also was on Big Ten Network earlier this weekend. Maybe making some future appearances there, so you can find me across the landscape, but at John, J-O-H-N underscore Fanta. DMs are open, always open 
to viewers and listeners' questions. And John, whenever he joins this podcast, he does a great job of relaying all that he's seeing in the college basketball landscape. Does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at this game. So big thanks to John for joining me right here on Cusco Seeps, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnn underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Conference previews are a-coming, as hopefully we're going to have our first one up this weekend. Taking a look at the Atlantic Sun, the America East should be soon to follow as well, as we're going to be going pretty much in alphabetical order with regards to the low-slash-mid-majors, because... The high majors, the power six conferences have the most moving pieces. I always do them at the back half of the offseason. So that's sort of the way that I structure this. And I will be with you guys every single day this offseason, which means I'll catch you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today.